Yeah, I mean, we had sex, and of course, yeah. But that, that's nothing for Berlin, okay? I have a set, comedy set, that I always talk about this. Like, here, everything is the other way around. Like, for me, having sex is the first step, even. Like, before I remember this person's name, I know his dick, more like that. And then you kind of go the other, other way around, that you get to know each other more. At some point, if you're, like, close enough, then maybe you hold hands or what. Actually, holding hands, to me, is, like, the most intimate shit. As promised, uh, I wanted to talk about dating in this episode, which is a little bit annoying to me. I, of course, it's like a popular topic, no matter in the stand-up scene or like podcasts, like people like to talk about sex and dating. Uh, so I always feel a bit guilty of bringing up such a cliche topic because I think my selling point is not so much like having such a super wild life I, I don't have like gangbang party every second weekend that i fuck 10 people of different genders and sexualities that's that's not my life but this is indeed how i started my journey in germany i had been holding a spouse visa for some years and only recently changed to a work visa i must admit that in the past, I was a little bit ashamed of having a spouse visa because, of course, I wanted to be a strong, independent woman that rely on myself and just had my own visa for my own, you know, work ability or so that I wanted to, of course, prove my value as a person to this country, whatever. Yeah, but that was, of course, like looking back, that was definitely an unnecessary shame because who who the fuck cares do germans always ask themselves what's their contribution to the country i don't think so right so i feel like when you are like a newcomer you wanted to prove a lot of things but deep down a visa just means you have a reason to stay here and being together with a german person who didn't want to move to your country was a big enough reason. So I actually came to Germany first for a working holiday. And during that time, I basically started using different dating apps. You know, it's just like, that's what you do, right, in Berlin. Uh, so I had a lot of, like, situationship and dates that, how to say, like, without, like, a big agenda. When I first started using dating app, it was basically like I was bored and wanted to get to know different people and of course I also went to those new Berliner meetups and like to practice my German or just to get to know people I went to a lot of events like that but then gradually you of course found out oh yeah like after that evening no one's gonna like hang out with you or like develop any deeper friendship with you okay maybe not that problem okay maybe it was also me because i i have always been pretty introverted but at the same time quite picky about people so it wasn't always easy for me to make new friends 
and it was the first time I lived in another country. So I kind of pretty much unleashed myself. Like I, I did everything I wanted without my parents' supervision. There was also a time that I was more like dating offline from one nightclub to another nightclub. And I have to say, I always roll my eyes when people said something against dating apps and their reasons were like, uh, I enjoy that kind of traditional method. I prefer getting to know people in person. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Really? Like, great if you found someone like this. But honestly, before I started using dating app, I was not like unpopular. I was even okay popular because... In a sense, like you can imagine, I was like a Asian looking Asian. <laughs> I, I was not at all ambiguous. I was clearly Northeast Asian and pretty young. I had a very easygoing look, let's say. A lot of men thought I was Korean or Japanese, which was completely their fetish. So there were always quite some men coming to me just randomly at a bus station or on the bus, like sitting next to me and be like, where are you from? You know, that's like the pickup line or what? Um, yeah, very uncreative people always coming to me and trying to have a conversation with me. Even like when I took an Uber, the driver would ask me, you want to come to my home and have a coffee? It wasn't a problem finding people if you just want to have like, you know, some fucks or like some easy boyfriends. It was super easy to to start something. But the quality of people was really bad. A long time ago, I had a like a very funny experience, which was like exactly in one evening, I just went party somewhere like at that kind of very mainstream and like this kind of jungle feeling clubs that people like just touch each other, that kind of parties. And after that, I was like at a bus station waiting for my late night bus to get home. It was probably 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. And there was one guy at the bus stop waiting for the same bus. And he started asking me some regular questions like, where are you from? Did you have fun like at the party? For me, it was like, oh, actually, this guy seemed pretty polite. And turns out we actually lived super, super close to each other. So I gave him my numbers and kind of started something pretty casual. At that time, I was not thinking that much. I was really adventurous at that time because you like working holiday. So you're working, but also vacationing. This guy started texting me all the time. He just took me to some parks, walk around and talk. His English was also not that fluent. So it was kind of fun. I guess that's probably the same for many people who first time dates a foreigner or like a person who doesn't speak the same language as you that you just guess each other and of course you say lots of things like oh like in German we say this that you know some idiom things it was pretty fun not so much about his characters or his personality it was just more like the experience and like this novelty first time doing this that made it fun we didn't have sex and shit. It was really just like hanging out together a lot at midnight. 
that was also something I quite enjoy because I I have been a night owl my whole life, so I always found evening more. Romantic than daytime. I was working at a fast food restaurant around that time. My day usually started pretty late and also finished pretty late, so that was just nice to do something after work, after very boring work also.、Uh, and one day when I got up and about to go to the restaurant to work, I got an SMS. I thought it's him. But it's not because the message was written in perfect English. Usually, he had this mixed German English writing, and turns out that was his wife. She was basically telling me that she found my number and our messages, like all the history in his phone. And you know what? He's actually married, and we have a son together. Blah blah. So yeah, first I was shocked, but the second thing I have to admit, I was so excited seeing that because basically I wanted drama. First I was a bit like, oh no, am I being the bad person that is like destroying someone's marriage? And then I was like, oh my god, this sounds fun! Like I'm so lucky that I bump into weird dramas. And the 2016 me was like, you want to meet up tonight, so we talk about this. Oh, I forgot to mention this guy was actually a dealer at a casino here in Berlin. So that's why he always worked at a pretty irregular schedule, but also worked very late. That day was by chance the day that he had to work, so he had no time for me or her. <laughs> so we just met somewhere in Potsdamer Platz in a cafe, actually, or in a bar. I forgot. When I met her, I was surprised. She was so cool. She was not like a sad housewife sitting at home just catching her husband cheat on her all the time. Not like that. She had a beauty salon herself. Okay, a little bit stereotypical, but yeah, she was Indonesian and she had a beauty salon herself. Basically, she spoke English and German very, very well. So my first thought was like, "Why are you with this guy?" <laughs> so I was dating that guy, but at the same time, I was always a bit underwhelmed. Honestly, I didn't find him very attractive. Just. You know, to be completely honest, looking back, I knew clearly that it was not like I loved him or I fell in love. No, nothing like that. It was just like I was bored, and this person was always available, and he took me to places that I didn't know. So, uh, she was like telling this whole story, basically saying that we are already thinking to get divorced. My husband has been cheating on me many, many times. We have a three-year-old kid together, but he's not a responsible dad. Blah blah.、Uh, and at some point, I was like, you know what? I'm more interested in you because you sound pretty cool. Like, how did you come here and also started your business? Because she was not born here, so she also came to Germany later. And they were both really young. I think both like twenty five, twenty six, and they already had a kid together. And she did so much. And at some point, I also asked her. I didn't really understand the idea there. So you don't really want him back, but then you're coming to me trying to split us. I'm a weird person. I'm always obsessed with this kind of details, like in people's argument or what. I'm like, 
Why? That doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, I found out she also enjoyed partying a lot. So I was like, you want to go clubbing this weekend together? Because I'm planning to go somewhere, but I haven't found a partner to go with me. And then she's like, yeah, why not? So it's like a weird conversation that was like, because she was there to tell me that this is a shit man. Don't hang out with him. And then in the meantime, also mixed with lots of like curiosity from my side and such. But at some point, we realized that where we were was actually super close to his workplace. So I don't know why we decided to go to the casino to surprise him in a negative way, of course. But we were so excited. It even gave me a feeling that we were like friends or just like this kind of one evening thing that you weirdly connect to someone super super quick when you first get to know this person but then after some days you realize "Ah, okay it's just like an impulse thing and also like the the mood the atmosphere of that that night that place that setting somehow you you just like it's not really like you two are that similar or that really compatible but you just had that impulse and it's a also like a novelty thing and then It's funny because it was my first time going to a casino. For those who don't know, Hong Kong is next to a very famous casino city called Macau. And for some reason, I've never been to Macau. I had never been to a casino until that day. So she took me in. Of course, she knew the place very well. She also paid for me. I didn't know you had to pay an entry fee but then she got a ticket for me, like just super cool. Like she's the owner of that casino. And then we saw that guy and it was so funny because he was just distributing the pokers and he saw us. Uh, and of course, he he was really shocked. I could see in his eyes. He he was like, you know, if he was a bit older, he would have had a heart attack, that level of shock on his face. But then, of course, he tried to keep himself together because he's at work. So he actually looked pretty professional, way cooler than when he was hanging out with me, showing me around. So he was like like a one second, one, two second pause, but then still continued doing his job and distributing the pokers and stuff. At that moment, I was like a bit little bit guilty that I was like ah maybe I shouldn't have done this because yeah like he's at work like imagine him coming to my workplace because I also work at a restaurant that everyone can come so I was like yeah maybe I'm like just too asshole to do that but I think I was more in the mood than caring too much about the ethics or what so we just went outside and wait for him he came during his break and of course he was very nice to me and just like turned around to his wife and started arguing with her in German very intense and back then my German was really like a zero I didn't understand much but it's just so obvious I feel like all couples when they fight it sounds a little similar you don't even need to know the language they already look like they hate each other so much but still they can't really get rid of each other it's like this love and hate thing just like some kind of toxicity he obviously didn't want to break up 
with me, like a breakup, quote unquote, because I didn't feel like we were officially together. We didn't do anything really serious. But of course, the wife wanted to cut us. So the wife was asking me, what do you want now? Do you still want to hang out with him? Do you like him? And I told her that I don't have that strong opinions, but I also feel like you guys' problem isn't anything because of me. I would go out with him if it's something that interests me. So you can say I'm pretty egoistic, which I was, and I, well, I didn't mind. At that time, I only care about having an interesting life. So I just care about the experience. Their marriage already looks shitty enough, so that's not on me. And the weirdest thing was, since we live so close, we again took the same late night bus to home. It was, of course, very awkward because there were like two seats and with three people. So actually, in theory, they should sit together, right? They're still like a married couple. But then the guy didn't want to sit together with his wife. And I was just like, okay, I, I would stand. The guy kept trying to talk to me. And I was also a bit like, oh, my God, leave me alone. I just want to get home. Like, okay, it was a it was good drama, but it was also a little bit enough for me. And then at some point, of course, they also kept fighting in German. Again, I didn't understand, but I was also honestly deep down a little bit amazed that suddenly so authentic. It's not like textbook because I was also going to German class. They teach you how to order coffee and like, of course, also how to complain to some customer support people. But then they wouldn't show you how a couple fights, right? So I was just a bit like, fascinated like oh that's how it sounds and i only understood some a few words but not the whole thing but just like oh that's a very authentic german learning materials yeah okay i sound pretty cold-hearted but yeah that was how i felt i just wanted to be completely honest i don't care <coughs> basically that's my offline dating experience and not to mention so many times if I went home after 11 p.m., people would just come to have this kind of conversation and expecting things to develop. So I actually quite enjoy using the dating app that you can be more laid back and relaxed when you write the message. I'm actually a pretty anxious person. So seeing people in person drains my energy and I still have that I don't know whether it's an Asian thing or just my own character thing that I don't like to upset people without a strong reason. So when they come to me like this, usually I'm trying to avoid them, but not really like telling them off. So yeah, I mean, it also changed over time. Like now I, I would definitely just walk away without giving a fuck. But at the beginning, it was like a waste of time. That's not the conversation you really wanted. When I started using dating apps, that was the Tinder time. Like when Tinder was even a taboo, it was not that common yet. Like people would judge you a lot when you say, yeah, I met my partner in some dating app. They, they would look at you and be like, you're weird. Which, you know, I didn't even care about the judgment. The thing is, when you judge me, please just use a better reason, more solid argument. Come on. Like to say something like, yeah, I think when I meet people in person, the people are usually better. That's not even true. There are so many fucking trash on the streets that 
I would actually be happy to skip them online. Uh, yeah, and I can just unmatch them if I don't like them. And it's not like still have to walk away and really draw a lot of boundaries because many men don't fucking read the room. And um, dating app was not even like a last resort. It was more like a platform I enjoy even. I enjoy texting first and then I get to know the person gradually that was also pretty much my wild kind of my wild time i took a pretty one night stand approach that i didn't even try to remember people's name i just gave them a number the first guy i met was number one the second guy was number two i i think for me i either have a very strong relationship with other people very close one or I would be rather distant. So I, I don't like this in-between thing, which I will talk about how it made some of the dates a little difficult for me. So of course you had a lot of people that would ghost you. I feel like women always say that as a man thing, straight women. While a lot of straight men said that's like a straight women thing. Which is, to me, it's kind of gender agnostic. It doesn't matter what gender. Because there are just people like this. I also ghost people a lot. And I don't think it's a crime. Come on, sometimes ghosting. In a more neutral phrasing, like not responding to people, that's a way to draw boundaries. Usually, if it's like a very easy message to answer, I would also answer pretty quickly. I don't need to struggle to come up with an answer, right? But then if it's like a very complicated message, some very long messages that is sometimes philosophical or kind of deep, it's not like a straightforward thing like, uh, are you taking a shower tonight? Not like that. It's more like, um, do you want to come over tonight? But behind the message, it was, for example, maybe we had some tiny arguments or I didn't really have a good time. So you're like thinking, uh, should I just say no? And if I say no, how should I reject that? Or I should still go because I have nothing to do anyway. So you have to think of a lot of things. Like I'm an overthinking person for sure. So a lot of times I just really need my time to think about the the answer and sometimes I also just find it very difficult to write back so I just don't write back like and sometimes I just forgot it's just hard and there are so many people I came across in my life that I I can't be responsive to every single person for real like honestly I think nowadays that we have so many tools to communicate we we should rethink about this is it like if you don't respond you just an asshole because sometimes not responding is also a way to say no. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like I'm finding excuse for myself, but yes, like I am finding excuse for myself uh, that when I don't respond, I just don't. Like, I'm, I might not feel like it. I might have forgotten it or I don't know. I just don't know how to answer it. So when people ghosted me, I usually took it quite lightly. Maybe you're just not in the mood. Sometimes it was even like responses that would affect me directly. For example, we had actually scheduled a date for that evening. And still some, some hours ago, it wasn't sure that 
if the guy would come. So I asked again, and they didn't even write back to me like two hours before, one hour before, or even after that evening. So I was always like thinking, hey, don't tell me like five minutes before the date and be like, yeah, I'm coming. No, because there's no chance anymore. So for me, that was the only thing that annoyed me a little bit. But usually after having so many dates uh okay like what is many um i don't want to say it like a shitty man like my record is to date 50 women at the same time and i have sex with 20 women at once i don't want to say it like that it was not really like a like a cool record thing because it's not even that much but there were definitely times that i was writing five people five six people at once uh but not like having sex with them at the same time no gangbang i'm not even too conservative for this it's more like i'm too lazy for this because i i said it i'm very introverted so i can't even imagine if you have gangbang and let's say like five people okay not even say five people let's say like three people just like a threesome Usually, it's already pretty energy draining for me to communicate with my primary sex partner. Because you don't come in and you just pull down your pants, right? You come into the room and then you have to chit chat for a while. Like, I think even if the man pulls down the pants when you arrive immediately, the, the dick is still soft. Like, you still have to warm it up <laughs> and like both of us because my vagina is also very dry when I just arrived there so I had some sex dates that basically we were just there to fuck but still we would have like a tiny conversation like no expectation I'm not even trying to be your girlfriend or what but just we need to warm the shit up come on I can't imagine how you have like a third person that you have to talk to both of them at the same time if you're a person that regularly have gangbang let me know how you do it because i'm always curious about that part like how you greet each other and then how, how to keep the thing going also after you come after the sex is over what do you do like thank you for for coming tonight and then just go i would feel super awkward i'm not just introverted i'm very afraid of awkwardness i would just die like sometimes i think of some awkward moment in my life that i have done it to myself or what i would just like scream in my room so i always wonder how you do this the, the social part because sex is also some kind of social interaction right apart from the intercourse and i can imagine if it's like a maybe like a 50 people or like a 10 people gangbang party, that could be a bit easier. Maybe you just arrive and then you already see a big pile of human body, naked human body, kind of like on top of each other and already like fucking. And then you can just like take off your shoes, your clothes, your underwears, and then just also climb on top of that human mountain. Maybe you can do it like that. But there were three people. I'm sure you definitely have to see each other still like as human, but not just like some fucking, you know, like just some other like living things you you have sex with you can't be that robotic i'm sure i saw a lot of threesome scenes in movies or tv series that they always have so much talks i'm always like oh my god I, I would die I, I i can't even get wet i'm pretty sure like if, if this is like a setting i am running into i would be like you know what maybe let's just open a bottle of wine and then we just have some drinks, and then we go home. <laughs> Maybe we just do that.
going back to the ghosting thing, I had a date that he really had problem penciling down the date, and he had problem with commitment as well. I was not even asking much from him. Okay, we were very friend friends, so it was definitely more like a friends with benefit situation that we were just both. Going through a very difficult phase of our lives. That was the time that I broke up with my ex, and he had some、um, basically anxiety.、Uh, he was also going to a therapist and blah. So we just enjoyed the talks and seeing each other sometimes because I think we we had a lot of good conversations, but definitely no crush. So I was always asking him very just transparently, dude, you know. I'm not really falling for you. You're not falling for me either. Why can't you just be more direct? Just tell me what you want. He's always like, "Yeah, it's so fun hanging out with you. Definitely want to see you another time." And、uh, yeah, we really had good time together. Very relaxed and not so much guessing. Because again, when you are not romantically、uh, attracted to someone, then You must say as well. That's another tip I wanna put here, which is when you see your date in some kind of like romantic setting, please make sure you fab before you go there. I'm pretty sure sometimes you're just horny, and when you horny, your your brain is not functioning normally. That you would think, oh, that's my the one. No. That person is not your the one. That's just the dick of that night. That's all. So yeah, make sure you don't let your biological needs override your emotional needs. Because I I saw lots of people that they just fell for someone because they were very desperate at that time, and actually they don't really have good connection or they don't even share anything. So very quickly you would see a lot of problem surfacing and. It just didn't really work. So just, just fab like at home. Just fab. You don't even need anyone. It's not ping pong or badminton. As long as you have Wi Fi and electricity. So with that day was like this, and he always ghosted me, and only came back to me like one two weeks or even like a month after our original day. Every time when he wrote back to me, he would write such a long essay. To tell me how sorry he has been the whole time, but he was just not doing okay, and he also didn't want to disappoint me. And the more he thought, the less time he had to tell me in advance that he wouldn't be able to make it. I have been telling him that it's okay, it's really okay. Sometimes also like don't overestimate how important you are to the other person. Of course, I had some other issues going on, but I had my. Own life, and I could also go to other people, or I just stay at home. But if you are worrying anything about disappointing me, that's the least you should think about. So that's something I I've been telling him, and I think it's just hard for him because that's the way of communication. So what I want to say here is that many people who goes others. They actually tend to be people who overthink, so they are not that kind of heartless assholes in many people's imagination. Like that's a stereotype, right? You must be an asshole that you don't care about others, that you don't write people back. No, actually, a lot of times from all the people who have this tendency, <laughs> I know, including myself, usually when I don't write back, that's a time I care. If I care about that person. 
Yes, that's the time I hesitate and like don't know what to write because I don't want to hurt this person's feeling, and I also don't want them to overthink. And again, I'm not trying to say that ghosting is a very good behavior. I just think it's not as evil as some people think. That's what's behind the scene, basically, when people are struggling to write back. That was a number nine, I think. That's his number. And I remember sharing this numbering approach with some, yeah, some more serious dates. And they were quite shocked. They definitely felt like, oh, I was not respected as a human. You don't even bother memorizing my name, but just give me a number. What the fuck? And here I have another perspective. Again, it's not so much about I want to be a good person. I'm just like presenting another way of thinking here, which is I, I told them I have a friend who in university time who never really bother to save people's numbers in her phone. When you look at her phone, everything was just like numbers. But you know what? she actually remember people's number. When someone call her, even though it's just like a, a chain of numbers shown on the screen, she would know who is calling. When I first got to know this, I was also a bit surprised. Like, oh, okay, that's like flip around because I'm sure it takes a little bit more energy to remember someone's number than like just have that save in your phone. It's of course very intuitive to think, oh, if I save this person's number, I care about them. Same as like if you follow someone on, on social media, that means you, you care about them. A lot of people are not like this. Like sometimes even more the opposite, that you care about someone too much that you don't want to save them in your phone. Because especially if you are having something pretty complicated with this person. Come on, it's Europe. There are so many people with same names. I, I forgot already how many Philips I've dated or I've I've met. Like you guys recycle your names all the fucking times. So I was like, yeah, like even if I remember you like Philip or Stefan or John, it doesn't matter really. When I gave people these numbers, I always remember my number one. I also remember my number two, three, four, or five. Like I remember everything we've done together. It's also some years apart. So I did forget people's names, but then I remember the person. I remember what we've done together. So how to say, of course, I'm like probably more heartless than a lot of people, but I'm also not as heartless as some people think. For example, I had a number 11 he was very nice to me. He was really, really kind, like a very nice person. He also was very considerate, just like remember a lot of things I said. We were just casually dating, okay? It was not yet anything serious. He made a cake for me that I was really surprised. I, I just mentioned that, uh, yeah, that I, I saw it in a supermarket, but I don't know how to make it. I'm not a baking person. It's called mole cake. It's named after the animal and with cream and banana inside, very soft. I liked it a lot. And I just casually mentioned that and he made a cake for me next time when I arrived. So I was really shocked. I mean, I was touched, but at the same time, a bit sorry about not being able to respond in the same way so yeah i remember lots of details like this doesn't mean just because i name people with some numbers doesn't mean i don't see them as people 
though in the end I didn't develop anything really further with this guy. I mean, we had sex, and of course, yeah. But that that's nothing for Berlin, okay? I have a set, comedy set, that I always talk about this. Like, here, everything is the other way around. Like, for me, having sex is the first step, even. Like, before I remember this person's name, I know his dick, more like that. And then you kind of go the other, other way around, that you get to know each other more. At some point, if you're, like, close enough, then maybe you hold hands or what. Actually, holding hands, to me, is, like, the most intimate shit. Like, it's more than getting married, almost. Like, I, I think, okay, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but definitely... The sexual intercourse thing is not... I don't need to like someone super, super much to do that. And then coming after, I would say kissing. So having sex with someone I don't like super much is easier than kissing someone I don't like. So I, I could even have sex with someone I kind of hate. I, I don't mind that. But then for holding hands, somehow I find it super intimate. Maybe it's more like a couple-couple thing. Sometimes when people wanted to hold my hands, when when we fuck, I was like, stop it i don't want like just go away or like i would still hold it in my mind i'm already like oh please like if i have a dick my dick gets soft immediately that really debones me i'm like we're not there yet i still remember this number 11 he studied philosophy i mean cliche right i feel like a lot of a lot of men i dated they either study philosophy or they were into philosophy maybe if we talk about hong kong that's the most unpopular and edgy subject you can ever choose for real he was growing weed and mushroom in his room he also volunteered at some shelters and such so he also shared a lot of fun homeless people stories that you know that's uh, homeless people that kind of chose to be homeless themselves like he told me those that are begging on trains and such or bus they actually make quite lots of money not very consistently of course i'm not saying it's easy just saying like he shared a lot of fun facts uh, and he also had a lot of mushroom that he actually smuggled back from like when he was doing like some exchange program in in Argentina or like just somewhere in South America. And in, he was growing that in in his room and actually very scientific because, yeah, you, you have to grow. You need to know big agriculture. He said he was not really selling that. And before that, he, he also grew weed that he said he was selling a little bit, but mostly more like as a hobby that he gave people as like a gift. And but then it just like drained all the, the electricity too much, because if you want to grow weed at home, you need to have the lights on all the time. They, they're very light sensitive. So he said it was too much. Also, like it has more smell that um, he was just not feeling safe to do it anymore now that there's like quite some police walking around recently. And he was very into mushroom when I was dating him. That uh, Yeah, he shared lots of really fun facts about growing mushrooms and also explained to me the, of course, the good trip, bad trip thing, like that kind of mushroom, what could it do? Usually as gifts, he would just put the mushroom in, in like a jar of honey. I was like, oh, that's actually quite cute. So you have a mushroom, but you also have like the honey. If you put the mushroom into honey, it will never rot. I didn't know honey has this effect. And of course, now I know. I also know that honey can also get bad, but then it would taste very sour. But yeah, it, it's really fun. And I also remember he gave me this 
CBD cigarettes. It was so good. Like I still remember, remember smoking that. I smoked more back then. I I don't really smoke now. I was so relaxed. I I re- was really like my mind was still very clear. I could talk to him. I could have a normal conversation with him. I know what's happening around me. So I just like really close my close my eyes and I was floating. Like it felt like. Just so relaxed, and somehow it felt even more than smoking weed. It was a really good memory, and yeah, I actually I still remember his name, but I still prefer calling him Number Eleven. Life hack. I feel like I'm really running out of life hacks. Uh, so about hair. If you are like me, who lose a lot of hair and also have the tendency of getting bald, uh, you will be interested. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but maybe like hormone change for some reason. I started losing a lot of hair when I was around twenty. I have been really looking for different solutions, and of course, also. F- testing different things and finding the reasons because my hair quality was okay. They just got thinner and thinner. It's like when you dry your hair after you washed it, I would see like just the whole floor with loads of hair. Like that was pretty scary. So I've done many things. Like first, I definitely changed my shampoo. That really depends on people because for me, I actually have pretty oily skin, but I also learned that if your skin is too dry, Then it could also make your hair super oily. So you have to first find out whether you are actually oily skin or actually super dry, too dry that your your skin starts to give you more oil to make it less dry. Like you have to really find this out. I changed to some more natural organic shampoo with a volume focus. It didn't really change that much. What was the game changer? Was definitely that I started washing my hair twice. No, not washing my hair twice. More like shampooing my hair twice. I wash my hair only every second day because otherwise it would be too dry. So I do it every second day, and usually I shampoo twice. So I just shampoo very fast, and then I rinse it off. And then I shampoo again and rinse it off like that, and that actually helped me a lot. And of course, you shouldn't scratch your your skin when you wash your hair, because usually there's nothing to scratch off. You're gonna scratch off the the tissue or like the skin, and it could cause some inflammation. So you should always use your just your finger tip, but you know like the skin, because it's like doing dishes. You don't have to scratch it. You just have to, you know, just like. Wash the surface. That's the only thing you need to do. I'm trying to be more diligent these days. I also feel like I start to know the flow better. That making one episode isn't that much work for me anymore. Ah,、uh, yeah. That's all of this episode. Talk to you another time, and bye for now. <laughs>